0: Thank you for listening to New Life Preaching, sermons from New Life Baptist Church, where we grow in discipleship, grow in relationship, and we grow in Jesus Christ. Please subscribe so that you don't miss a Sunday. So I'll give you a a chance to turn there, Matthew chapter 6. This morning we're going to cover a, a few things. Um, So the, the outline on the back of the bulletin is rather simple, but I want us to be able to see as we walk through verses 1 through about 7 and then looking over to 16 through 18, I want us to see the way Jesus surveys these spiritual disciplines, the way he talks about them. And he talks about them in a very similar way to each other, And so we're going to handle them, hopefully, in the way that Christ handled them uh, in its preaching this morning on the Sermon on the Mount. I want to remind us, as, as I have before, that he's been describing the kingdom. He gave us a key to interpret his sermon. And whenever he said, listen, I haven't come to tear down the law, but to build it up in you because I fulfill it. And then, ultimately, the last time that we were in our study... We saw a bit of a transition whenever he says that all of this sort of qualifies and, and helps to characterize us as we find ourselves to be children of our Father in heaven, and we're urged to be perfect as He is perfect, because again, Christ fulfills the law even in us. A lot of biblical theology that goes on. Now I ask you to stand as we read from God's word. I'll be reading one through eight and then just looking right over to 16 through 18. Take heed that you do not do your alms before men to be seen of them. Otherwise, you have no reward of your Father which is in heaven. Therefore, when thou doest thine alms, Do not sound a trumpet before thee as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets that they may have glory of men. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. But when thou doest alms, let not thy left hand know what the right hand doeth, that thine alms may be in secret and thy father which seeth in secret himself shall reward thee openly. When thou prayest, thou shalt not be as the hypocrites are, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the corners of the streets that they may be seen of men. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. But thou, when thou prayest, enter into thy father, which is in secret, or enter into thy closet, And when thou hast shut thy door, pray to thy father which is in secret, and thy father which seeth in secret shall reward thee openly. But when ye pray, use not vain repetitions as the heathen do, for they think they shall be heard for their much speaking. Now in verse 16, Moreover, when ye fast, be not as the hypocrites of sad countenance, for they disfigure their faces that they may appear unto men to fast. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. But thou, when thou fastest, anoint thy head and wash thy face, that thou appear not unto men to fast, but unto thy Father which is in secret. And thy Father which seeth in secret shall reward thee openly. Let us pray, heavenly Father, we come before you this morning, we enter into your word this morning and we bear our secret places to you. Father, we come before you a loving father. Lord, as ones who have been called children of God because of Christ. Lord, we come to you this morning making ourselves available to you, presenting our bodies as living sacrifices for you to change, for you to transform, for you to fulfill the law. Lord, we pray that you go with us this morning. Lord, that you bear testimony through your word, by your spirit, to the depths of our hearts this morning. Lord that we would hear from you. Lord that we would be built up, that we would be convicted, Father that we would glorify you in heaven through your son Jesus Christ. It's in his name we pray. Amen. So Jesus is addressing three things and what I what I called spiritual disciplines they're there in your bulletin giving alms praying and fasting now just to be fair we could easily spend a week in on each one of those disciplines easily um, as we see them represented in scripture but this morning there's a, a sort of unity in the way jesus handles them he talks about them the same way each time and so the like i said the the outline's fairly simple this morning um He talks of the hypocrites. And then he speaks to us who who do these spiritual disciplines before our Father who sees in secret. And then there's promise of open reward. And we're going to talk about each of those and we'll take them each in their turn with each of the disciplines, alms, praying, and fasting, and hopefully see this dichotomy this uh, two-way street here in each of those. and and also I hope to, to show you the way in which we are doing each of these faithfully as a church. And so hopefully we're able to draw you in to obedience with us here at New Life. And so hopefully you're able to see that in each each of those. So first giving alms. what are alms? Maybe this is something that I just want to handle right on the front end. Is This something that's been removed from our vocabulary, alms. I don't know if any of you keep alms at home or if you give them away periodically. Alms simply is is whenever the the Christian gives of their their time, their money or their resource, they give of themselves to the poor or to the needy or to those who don't deserve them. Alms is a a service. It's the boots on the ground, I guess, of the Christian ministry. That's that's simply it. And so he's saying, hey, when you go do your works, when you give to the poor or when you serve those in need, whenever you go to the food bank each month, don't don't do it as, as before men. You see, whenever we do works like that, and and as each month we do, and we enter into giving, and there's really a number of giving ministries that we participate in, it's not a PR event. It's not public relations. Now, this isn't the same as uh, Jesus, I don't think, is, is guarding us against um, inviting people into a community or, or, or for us to spur each other on to good works as the Scriptures tell us or to sharpen each other as iron sharpens iron and, and, and to petition each other to give. Paul did often in his letters. Uh, we can read in Corinthians where he, he really encouraged them. Hey, give. The Macedonians gave. Why aren't you giving? Let's fulfill this promise, this pledge of giving that you've given. That's not Paul wasn't in sin when he mentioned the Macedonians or, or even talked about how the Macedonians were encouraged by the Corinthians' promise. It's, it's not the same. For us, if we were to share on Facebook, here's how we're going to give, we ask you as a church to participate in our almsgiving. It's not what he's talking about. You see, there's a difference. We have a goal in mind whenever we give, don't we? Just like Chad said, what is our goal whenever we go down to the help office? There's people that hand out food and we go and we help out food, but we bring something to the table that the world does not, and that's the gospel. We give and we have a much different audience. And frankly, whether someone accepts or whether they don't, we have some really encouraging conversations, then we have some not so encouraging conversations down there. And yet our audience hasn't changed. Because we don't go and blast the trumpet. Our audience isn't the world. It's not not that we are some self-help or motivational uh, institution or or that we um, are just a humanitarian aid like so many other worldly uh, organizations recognize themselves. We're something far different. We come before a loving God. We give reflecting upon the grace that's been given to us in Jesus Christ where it wasn't deserved and and, and where it wasn't earned. And so we give. It becomes a platform for us to share the gospel. So how does Jesus characterize this hypocritical giving? And I say hypocritical because he calls them hypocrites. Here's what the hypocrites do. They sound a trumpet in the synagogues and in the streets. They want to let people know what they're doing. I'm a good person. Here is the pattern of giving that I have within my life. And sadly, many people sound this trumpet in the synagogue, not just in the street, but in the synagogue, to say, this makes me a good Christian. Certainly we'll be tempted, and even as I have, to, to whenever someone comes to me and questions my giving, or what it is that I do in my communion to the Lord, I'm tempted to say, oh, but I'm a good Christian. I give in this way. Look at my checkbook. Here's what I've given to the church. Here's what I've given to the poor. Here's what I've given to the needy. Here's what I've given to the afflicted. That is what I'm tempted to do. It's sound a trumpet before them like a hypocrite. Now, the difference is is that conversation takes a different turn. Whenever I say instead, oh, but I have served the Lord. This is what my finances, I don't know what the amount was. I don't know how it affected the poor this week or this month. Honestly, I'm not sure how it affected how lasting the impact was for this person who was afflicted, Came afflicted again. They grew sick again or weary again or they grew poor again or they grew hungry again. But yet, my checkbook, my services, my skill set is devoted in service to the Lord. That's a much different conversation. Who is your audience whenever you give? This isn't the sermon annually where, okay, we're coming to a new year and we're looking to inflate our budget and so the pastor's going to preach on giving. That's not what I'm talking about. This is a conversation that comes between you and the Lord. It's a line that pastors walk because I yearn to to, uh, just edify and build up the, the, the believers here the build up the church in their giving and in their faithfulness to the Lord, but I don't get to see that. I don't see that budget on who gives and how much. And some pastors, they they seek different ways to do that where they say, well, I should be able to see because I want to be able to call those in my congregation who are not giving faithfully. The relationship is clearly hindered between him and the Lord and I want to petition them to, to change the way that they give alms. Stop being so selfish. But the reality is I don't have to see that to tell you to to reflect upon your audience. Imagine, he used the word trumpet. They blow the trumpet. Well, I just think, okay, well, where am I I up to see trumpets? And I don't know if you all have an appreciation for the orchestra, but I can imagine going to the orchestra. We we can appreciate it. Uh, My wife and her sister, they have a great appreciation. I never did watch movies and listen to the music until I met them. But now I can really appreciate, you know, those movies. Like, oh man, the, mu- the music is wonderful. Pirates of the Caribbean. All them, it's the music that makes the movie. Yeah. But whenever we go to the orchestra, just imagine we've we have fixed ourselves up. We've prepared ourselves for this. Maybe we've gone out to dinner. We've talked about it. What we might hear. What is the piece we're going to hear? The skills of these uh, of this body of uh, that orchestrates this, and we go and we are set with the expectation to be attuned to the orchestra. Now imagine some fool walking in with the trumpet and saying, I so appreciate the orchestra. I've brought my trumpet here so that you may hear my appreciation for the orchestra. I imagine that person isn't gonna last long in the congregation that has come to hear the orchestra. And I don't care how good they are, they're unwelcome. We don't care about you, leave. We've come to hear the orchestra. And so, your audience, whenever we come before God, the creator of all things, the giver of an abundance to those who don't deserve it, how how can we so boast in our giving? Scripture all over tells us that we don't boast. In our giving, we don't boast in our works. This is the difference in, in in really an entire theology, an entire soteriology on salvation. We don't believe in a works-based salvation. You see, that's the difference. Is whenever a person has built up their own salvation on what they do, most assuredly they want to make sure people see it. What happens if I do this thing and nobody, if God doesn't see it? So now, what is my conversation? Do these things. Do these things. Let's 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 show it. Let's 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 bring it in our intimate conversation. Even before my pastor, let's bolster what it is that I've done. Here, I see devotion, not do devote. And so now he addresses this. We've talked about hypocritical giving, and here we're going to begin to see this this. Change the dichotomy, I guess, is the word I used earlier. When thou doest alms, let not the left hand know what the right hand doeth that thine alms may be in secret, that thy father seeth in secret himself shall reward thee openly. Now, I'm convinced, and I'm spending a little bit more time on giving, not because that's the focus of the message, but because this is the first time we're interacting with the way Jesus is preaching, okay? So the same thing, the, the seeth in secret and the, the reward openly and the hypocrite, we're going to see again in the following two disciplines. But right now, I want us to see, I don't think the argument is that it has to be kept secret when you give, when you pray, when you fast. No one needs to know about it. Keep it to yourself. I don't think that's what Jesus is saying because he says your father is going to reward you openly. There's something very public that's going to be known about your relationship with Christ. So what is he saying though? He says that you do it in secret because your father who sees in secret. I think what seems very consistent is that God sees the secret places. You're not gonna hide anything from God. We see with David and and really all over, God looks upon the heart. So if you're giving outwardly, it doesn't matter if you're not giving cheerfully from a giving heart because He sees the secret places. So you need to give from the secret places. Understand the widow's mite you know, who gave her last pence to the offering plate, she didn't boast in what she did, but she gave and other people looked upon it. Christ looked upon it. It wasn't hidden from anyone's eyes. She didn't hide what she put into the offering plate, but she just simply and publicly gave from her secret places, from the places of the depths of the devotion of her heart. She gave secretly and her father who sees in secret who saw the intention of man's heart rewards openly and be thinking, how, could, how did he reward? Did he then dump the offering plate back out? Did he give her monetary donation? No, what could this open reward be? Let's look at another spiritual discipline. Maybe we'll learn something. When thou prayest, don't be as the hypocrites are. They love to pray standing in the synagogues and corners of the streets. Now we're gonna spend, I don't want you to think that I'm skipping over the Lord's Prayer. We've been spending several weeks in study of the Lord's Prayer on Wednesday nights. I, I pray that you would come and be a part of that. Next week, we're, we'll touch a little bit more intently, uh, briefly handling the Lord's Prayer in, in relation to what we've been considering on Wednesday nights. But here praying, he talks the same way. Don't praise the hypocrites, but you'll do this in secret. How do the hypocrites pray? They love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the corners of the streets that they may be seen of men. They've received their reward. So what does this praying look like? Easily, we can look at well, who's who's praying publicly, uh, or, or or are we shouting out? Is it the person who 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 so affirms their relationship? You know, when they bellow out in in prayer, or or even we see the practice of heaping up words on top of words, as the pagans do. Um, th- this could take any number of forms, but I can't help but think of the person who tells me my prayer life is sufficient my prayer life is good i come before god and experience god in the full sense that that i can the, the fullest sense yet apart from the gathering of the body of the church apart from the accountability of church discipline apart from Uh, good counsel or the regular preaching of God's word. I experience God to the fullness by myself over here. That to me seems like a very haughty explanation of your prayer life. And, And frankly, it seems quite hypocritical because I question, is it? Do you maintain that level of communion with God apart from the pattern of communion in Scripture and the command of communion in scripture. Guard ourselves. Let's not boast and say, oh, well, I've got it just fine. I promise you, because whenever I go a week, whenever I miss a week, I sorely miss the fellowship of the church. I yearn, I yearn the fellowship of the body of the Christ. And I feel that in our times of corporate worship, our prayers are bolstered before the Lord. When the body He has came to redeem prays together in unison. What a wonderful blessing that is, but there certainly are other ways We can sit right here in church and pray like the hypocrites. We can throw out just words on top of words. We can, we can allow these times to where whenever someone else is leading us in prayer corporately and we can allow our mind to wonder, but, but yet we still, we still bow our head and fold our hands or raise our hands or, or do whatever thing it is so that no one else around us thinks that we're not praying. We can pray hypocritically when we're not allowing these words to to invest in our own prayers or even at our own words from the depths of our heart in those secret places to come before God. We can pray hypocritically in or out of the church. And trust me, it's not just in the pagan religions that they heap words on top of words. And they practice their prayer beads, you know, in the Islamic faith or Hindu faith or some of these, where they've got bracelets or things they carry around and pray and pray and pray and pray. The same one over there are religions within the Christian faith that do this and want to repeat the same prayer over and again. Or whenever we come in and have prayer books. There are blessings and prayers that, that, liturgies that are greatly helpful. Liturgy can be greatly helpful. Helpful to us as we walk through and have prayers and and catechisms that help grow our faith and define our faith, but not in such a way that we think if I can pray this ten times, I will be greater than blessed. This is faulty. It doesn't earn us anything. And And the thing is, because the prayer doesn't matter. Are you in communion with God? Understand, each one of these disciplines... The goal is is to bring the people of God before their God to experience their God. I can do nothing in in, in making you to do this thing or or, or having you to submit to my will. I simply want to say, hey, come before your God. Experience your God in giving and in prayer so when you go in have your prayer closet listen come before God you know I'm going to ask you something this is a little strange but maybe like the, the person C.S. Lewis put it if you were so conscious of your God in worship you wouldn't have been conscious of what the brother or sister in Christ did next to you during the service why don't when you enter into this place you enter your prayer closet and come privately before The Lord personally and invest in Him personally and privately with these other believers. And we do this corporately and so worship God purely. And He who sees what is in secret will reward thee openly. I'm inclined to think that whenever we have this sort of intimate in relationship with God from the innermost part of ourself, the secret part of ourself, it will become noticeable. Now I think we're starting to see on what is that reward? How is it that, that we're rewarded in this secret relationship with God? Let's continue. as we're, I think we're starting to fill this out. <clears throat> Over in verse 16, Jesus approaches the regular discipline of fasting. Now just to reiterate, we'll be fasting this week as a church together. Again, with ourselves and before the Lord, between us, we're going to fast and enter into communion with Him through this this work of fasting. So this is important. I hope we listen up this morning. Don't be as the hypocrites of sad countenance, for they disfigure their faces that they can appear unto men that they fast. They've received their reward. Instead, when you fast, he says, anoint your head with oil, wash your face. Look refreshed. You see, there's a difference. Now, fasting has got a number of different applications. We just know it's just so regular because people fast for healing. They fast for purity. They fast in repentance. They fast in mourning. They fast as a nation. And for consecration before the Lord, that's a little bit of what we're doing. Fasting as a church, consecrating ourselves, there's a little uh, insert in your bulletin and on what each day we'll be focusing on. But we're not going to look sad. One of the primary scriptures that I go to is one that Jesus himself quoted in his temptation. Was man can't live on bread alone, but on every word that proceeds out of the mouth of the Father. Now, let me ask you this. If you forsake the bread of this world and you take up the manna from heaven, which is Christ, how is it that you're going to look weak and distraught and hungry? Why are you not looking fulfilled and satisfied and your face shining because you've been in the presence of the Lord? How could you look sorry and disfigured and said, oh, I'm so pious. We become like the Pharisee, right? Who says, thank God, thank you, Lord, that I'm not like this publican because I fast twice a week and I give a tenth of all that I have or a tithe of all that I have. No, no, we don't do that. We don't boast before the Lord. We come before Him and we feed upon Him. This is the joy in fasting. We anoint our head. We wash our face. Guys, this week, and I don't know, there's loads of ways if you're, if due to medicine or physical condition, you don't do a complete and total fast, give up something. Set aside something, one meal or one snack a day, whatever you can do sacrificially to bring yourself into the presence of God, to instead of eating, come and pray. Come and enter into communion with God. But whenever you do this, and you will, and you will experience fatigue in a prolonged fast, go wash your face. Take a cold shower. Do whatever you've got to do to be refreshed and enter into the Word where, brother, sister, I promise you, if you are a child of your Father in heaven, as Christ has said, that you may be children of your Father, you will be refreshed by His Word. If you're not, I would ask you come to His Word, Jesus Christ, and get to know Him because if you're not refreshed, there is something amiss in the life of the Christ- Christian. Come into prayer. Come into His Word. Come g- Give from the cheerful heart and fast before the Lord being filled with His Word. He says that you appear not unto men to fast. They're not our audience but unto thy father which is in secret and thy father which seeth in secret shall reward thee openly. Now I want to spend a little bit of time. We're almost out of time. What's the reward? The entire time we've said, don't be as the hypocrite who who acts for the sake of these outward things, that it be recognized by someone other than God. Instead, we want to act from the depths of our heart and the uttermost devotion of this new heart of flesh that He's given us, we want to we act and our audience is who? God. So now our only our only action, the only profitability of these three spiritual disciplines, whether it's giving, whether it's prayer, whether it's fasting, is comes in this sort of private interaction between the individual and God What then could be the blessing? Relationship. Don't you understand? You are going to be blessed to the utmost, not with replacement of material gains, not with a a, a loud voice from heaven so that people can see that you're in relationship with God, not from some uh, gained weight on the scales. We're not going to gain weight even when you fast. You know, or something or have some sort of physical satisfaction the reality is is we experience a very real relationship with God through Christ and guess what people are going to see it not that you're fasting not that you're praying not that you're giving they're going to see this is a man who communes with God this is a man from whom God nothing is hidden This is one who has been purified by the blood of Jesus Christ. One who has been transformed by the renewing of his mind. The word speaks. And so we experience a reward that is not hidden. This is actually what we give witness to, is it not? This is what we proclaim to the people. Not that I fast, not that I pray, not that I give but I've got a relationship. I've got a relationship that's been restored despite my sin. Christ has fulfilled it, verse 17 says. Christ has made me a child of God, verse forty five forty five says. And now I'm one who's been in private in the secret places God still dwells with me. Let that rest with you this morning. And maybe there's some, there are two, there's only two classes you can be in here at the close of this message. That's it. Two, black and white. You're either a hypocrite this morning, or you're in communion with God. And I don't, I'm not here to judge anyone. I don't know where you're at. It's not my job to know. What's my job is to like I love, Rachel shared a a, a post, a quote of Spurgeon this past week about his trumpet said hey can you tell me about the seven trumpets of revelation he said no but i can blast a trumpet in your ear and warn you of the judgment to come that's a different sort of trumpet not the type of trumpet jesus was talking about but the reality is i want to urge you enter with us into these spiritual disciplines And this week as we experience fasting together, consecrate ourselves before the Lord, let's enter into communion with God. I'm not going to be checking up on you, seeing how well you're doing. I might encourage you, or Brother Chad might encourage you this week so that we can just build each other up in Christ. And we got all this going on. The giving as a church, we're doing this. The praying, Joyce has left a can out on the the table as you leave and go through the foyer. There are names that you can draw out of that basket. It's a family somewhere in this church. You can draw one and enter into prayer this week for that family, this month, for the whole month of January. We're gonna be doing that. And you focus on that family in prayer. We want to come before our God as a church. This isn't just an individual call. He's preaching to every member individually of the entire body that is the body of Christ. Every person that believes in Christ comes in the same way. In that, we have unity. It's not, it's not you by yourself, out apart from, from, from all of his redeemed. So let's be thinking about that, and clearly, the reward of faith, the rewarding faith comes in relationship to Jesus Christ. With that, we close in a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you see the secret places. Lord, that you don't leave us a people to mar it up again like we've seen Israel do, even like some of us have done in our own life, Father. And in a time when so many people are looking to get in the gym or better themselves or anything else, Lord, I pray that that as we enter into this week and, and, and we look at the new year, Father, that we would be looking for renewal but not in the way the world is looking for it. Lord, that we would look for the real outworking of a new life in Jesus Christ. Father, that we would be a people that abide in Him, that are truly washed By the blood, as we lay aside our garments stained with sin and put on the robes white, prepared, perfect, and without blemish because of the blood of Jesus Christ. Father, we pray that we would be able to commune with you this week, that you would prepare our hearts even now over the course of an entire week that you'd be readying us for the Lord's Supper and entering, entering into a communion with you during that time as we ready our hearts for worship this evening. Father, that we would just come before you. Lord, I pray that we would be a people rewarded openly, not in ways that this world has to offer, but rewarded in the way of a true, wholesome, and pure relationship with our God through His Savior that He has provided, Jesus Christ. Father, we pray this prayer confidently, having the help of Your Spirit, having the testimony of Your Word, and having the blood of Your Son, Jesus Christ. Father, we ask this prayer In His name. Amen. Thank you for listening to New Life Preaching. Sermons from New Life Baptist Church. Where we grow in discipleship. Grow in relationship. And we grow in Jesus Christ. Please subscribe so that you don't miss a Sunday.